crochet bays. We're gonna crochet while we talk about crochet, while we talk about crochet. You can crochet too. Yeah. Well, welcome back, everybody, to episode 38 of the Crochet Bays. I'm Jess. I'm Megs. And we are the, the Crochet, crochet Bays. And we are so excited that you have joined us for another lovely, fantastic, adventurous, uh, surprising, uh, mesmerizing <laughs> episode. <laughs> You're trying so hard there. I was... I was trying to see if I should keep going or, you know, because I, I, I had more adjectives. I could have kept going, but I didn't. I, I want to see this happen. <laughs> I almost said romantic. Romantic. <laughs> and then I was like, mm, better not. <laughs> <laughs> better not. <laughs> romantic. Oh. Wow. Um, I am a married woman, Jessica. <laughs> anyway. What's new with you, Megs? You married oh. woman, you. <laughs> I don't think we've ever gotten into this so fast. Um, oh, not much, you know. Pretty much the same. Oh, I hit 18,000 followers. Yeah, girl. Today. That was pretty dope. In um, the last episode, you were like, I want to hit 20,000 followers. And now you have 2K left. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's going to be it's gonna be a pretty good year. I'll, I'll say that. Um, Happy New Year. To all the people, once again. Yeah. Uh, we went to a hotel for New Year's Eve. Ooh, fancy. I only did very minimal crocheting. I did not crochet on New Year's Day. <gasps> I know. What a dangerous precedent you've set. Ah, uh, right? I wondered if, you know, have you ever heard the superstition that you're not supposed to, like, do your laundry or clean your house on New Year's Day? No. Yeah. It's I've like, never heard that. You're not supposed to, okay? I don't know why, but you're not supposed to. I part of me wondered if if it was supposed to be the same for crochet. Like you're not supposed to crochet on the first day. Really what it was is I was exhausted and we were at the Mall of America. Yeah. And it wasn't realistic. So I mean, That's you've it. told me about your adventures of crocheting through the mall before. So all I'm hearing are excuses right now. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. But I I crocheted and I think I cleaned a little bit on New Year's Day, so I broke both oh, of your rules. Oh, you bad person, you. <laughs> okay, now I need... I I just... I have to figure it out because I truly don't know. Oh, the superstition? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. I've never heard this before, so this is news to me. Let me look it up. You talk quick. I mean, who among us needs more of an excuse to put off cleaning the house, right? So, I mean, just to be safe, we might as well, we might as well observe this one. Uh, I did realize, though, that, uh, you know, there's like the meme about the time in between Christmas and New Year's where you're like, what day is it? And I haven't left the couch. And it's just like a weird in-between where you're not working. And you've got probably lots of like junk food from Christmas and New Year's. And it's just like, what is even happening? Um, We definitely get into that mode a little bit. And yeah, Michael, did, I get that. Michael did have to work New Year's Day. But 
it was such a like we knew he was barely going to get any phone calls so i was like i'll hang out in the basement with you like we can um we bought a video game for him to play that's very like story driven and i like watching games that are story driven so i was like you play your game and if you get a phone call you just you know press pause and take your phone call otherwise like i'll crochet you can play your game and we'll just like chill in the basement that sounds nice it was really really nice it was really like it was really chill and cozy but what we did and i was proud of myself because usually i do kind of let the house just <laughs> do, just <laughs> yeah. do whatever it wants yeah you know what I mean? but this time i was like michael can we just like take little breaks here and there and just tidy up around us so that I don't feel like I have to give the house an entire overhaul when I'm like ready to get to, you know, get to all those new year's resolutions. <laughs> um, so we did, we did that yesterday. Uh, was yesterday new year's day? Yes. I'm laughing because you brought up the games. <laughs> yeah. And Davey, Davey played goat simulator all the whole Oh my gosh. Weekend. That, that checks out. That game is so stupid. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's so dumb. Um, yeah, so I did we, find it. By the way, we did take we did take little breaks and just like cleaned up. And I've realized that I have a hard time fully relaxing and chilling if there is like junk around me. Unless and then it's I my feel house, then you embrace <laughs> it. And then I feel lazy, and I feel like like I can't relax because I'm like, ugh, I should be taking care of this stuff. Yeah, so I totally feel that. If I manage to do a little bit of both where it's like it's not like I'm getting out all the like cleaners and vacuum and everything and like deep cleaning, but just like, okay, let's just make sure that the dishes are taken care of and there's not laundry everywhere, whatever. Um that allowed allowed me to like actually have a nice time relaxing and not feeling like I needed to do anything and it was beautiful. Okay, but I have this weird cycle where, like, I get that, where when it's messy, I just, like, cannot truly relax. Yeah. But then also when it's entirely clean, I go into this, like, mind racing mode of, like, what did I miss? What else needs to be done? Mm. I didn't do everything. And I can, like, not find a sweet spot. So yeah. that's me. It's hard. Anyway, okay, yes. so tell us about the superstition. Okay, so it's it's a little bit of, like, everything. Like, you don't wash your dishes because they say... Um. Oh no! Doing your laundry. You don't do your laundry because they say it's gonna wash away a loved one. So <laughs> ew. What? You just you know you my just... loved one's not a t-shirt, bro. <laughs> You're gonna. Good job. You did your laundry. You're going to. You know now you're gonna go to prison for murder this year. <laughs> that and, was such uh... a leap. It said you're going to lose a loved one, not that you're going to be the one to Well, you kill murdered them. them indirectly by washing your laundry oh, on New Year's Day. I sealed their fate by doing yeah, laundry. Yeah, you jerk. Um, Dang it. And, and then they say, like, doing cleaning in your house, like, washes away good luck or fortune. Wow. And it stems back to, like, Chinese culture, to tradition, something like that. So... I hate to break it to you, Jessica. You <laughs> murdered somebody. You are going to be broke this year, and bad luck is upon you. So, you know what? You suck. What else is new? <laughs> <laughs> Wait! What do you mean, what else is new? You murdering people? That's just a casual thing that you do as a pastime? You call it murder. I call it Tuesday. <laughs> For legal purposes, this is a joke. 
this just quickly became not family friendly. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This is not okay, Megs. This is this not got weird. This is not how this episode is supposed to go. How did we get got here? Real anyway. weird. Anything else new happening? No, not with really. You? That's that's about it. I just found out my best friend's a murderer. <laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs> yeah. What you what you drinking over there? Um, not coffee, actually. What? I think probably for the first time ever in a recording, I'm drinking <sighs> pink lemonade. Oh, okay. It's tasty. That's dope. Yeah. I have some water, some Zevia, no coffee. I had a hot cup of coffee this morning, and I had a Frappuccino from Starbucks. Starbucks. Um, Starbucks. I would have made coffee, but I've been drinking coffee like basically all day. Um, between mm. the coffee I had this morning and the coffee, the large mm. Americano that I had from the coffee shop. So I said, mm, that's, I'm not going to have another one. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Also, you didn't even ask me what's new with me. You literally were saying what was new with you while I was looking for the superstition. But well, what is new anyways? I was talking about my New Year's Day because I'm you sorry me to we're ramble. fighting, you guys. <laughs> Clearly we're having we're, we're having, having a little issues. bit of a bay um brawl, if you will. A bay brawl. <laughs> Oh, thanks. I hate it. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. I just was going to uh, say with as far as like, you know, crochet things. Mm, I'm making good gotcha. progress on the diamond blanket. I'm on I'm I'm starting on number five of the oh, diamonds right. right now. And I'm at the halfway point with Michael's Jurassic Park tapestry. And I will say, with the Jessica has whips stuff, because she's working on two things at the same time. I know, right? Sue me. Um, <laughs> you need. I need something else to work on besides that tapestry because it is very like you got to be focused on it. You know, I hear there you. is I hear nothing you. mindless about it. So, um, I will say though, I've like now that I'm at the halfway point, I've definitely improved my technique of like yeah. carrying the yarn in a way that it looks really nice and seamless you can literally see it's almost like a like when you first start crocheting if uh-huh. you do a blanket or something big as your first piece you can see like the first 10 15 rows the tension and the unevenness and then you can <laughs> see like the how the person is like learning as they go that's literally yeah. me with this tapestry like you can tell the first 10 rows i was still trying to figure out what i'm doing and then it like gets better as it goes but not enough to make me want to frog it and start over it's just like yeah. oh yeah it looks a little cleaner toward the top <laughs> i love that for you though yeah so it has made me feel like i'm not going to be rushing into a graph can anytime soon like yeah. This is quite a project just as this like little 10 by 10 square or however big mm-hmm. it is. Um, making it into like a full size blanket sounds like a lot. And I don't think I'm ready for that. Right. I mean, I have eight blankets to make this year, so it's definitely not <laughs> not something I'm rushing to do anyway. But um, yeah, I have a I have a respect i always have had a respect for people who do garafgans but that much more now that i've done just like a small sample of it i don't understand it why are you guys wizards 
Well, you know. We can't all be heroes. <laughs> no, we cannot. No, we cannot. Oh, my goodness. What is this dynamic today? You're the funny one. I'm kind of boring over here. Are you saying I'm not usually funny? Uh, we are fighting today. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, this got awkward. <laughs> we're both funny in our own ways. We're both funny. Sure. Did you know that the Crochet Bays now have a Facebook group? The Crochet Bays podcast Facebook group is an amazing place to connect with other listeners of the podcast, catch behind the scenes and sneak peek content, get access to exclusive Facebook live streams with the Bays and more. But if that wasn't enough to entice you, I am in the Facebook group, wreaking havoc, stirring the proverbial pot, being a general nuisance. So follow the link in the show notes and become a member of the Crochet Bays podcast Facebook group right now. All right, everyone. So for this episode, it's it's going to be another one of uh, our favorite types of episodes to record and talk about. And we love talking about them. You guys love listening to them. So it's just, uh, you know, it works out great. <laughs> um, it's another recap, another market recap episode. And... This time, we're focusing on Meg's, one of Meg's markets. Uh, Meg's market makes. <laughs> <laughs> Meg's makes markets. Meg's makes market musings. More M words. Okay. So I'm going to be asking her some questions, and she's going to give us all the deets on her market that happened in November. So um, I obviously said November, but when exactly was this market uh it was november 4th and 5th so just at the beginning of november it was a saturday and sunday and kind of like unofficially in the market world i feel like the first weekend of november is kind of like opening season of holiday markets it is this one was themed around christmas holiday type of thing so um Yes, it was advertised, marketed as a holiday one. Nice. And this is kind of, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm touching on another question or going a little out of order here, but do you think that customers were ready? Like, do you think they came thinking, all right, time to get some Christmas shopping done? Like, did you get that vibe? Um, Honestly, not as much as I did for my Iowa one. That was a little bit later in the in the month. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, there are some people who like they are ready to do the Christmas shopping. Totally. Like as soon as Halloween's <clears throat> over. So I get it. But not everybody's in that mindset quite yet at the beginning. Yeah. of Yeah. I feel like if it was a little later in the year, it probably would have been a little bit more like people ready to shop and people shopped for sure. I just feel like like the weather was really nice. It was actually like crazy warm for November and um it was just a really like nice weekend there was a football game happening that sunday so like the circumstances were not ideal for like christmas shoppy like yeah they weren't feeling the christmas vibes yeah yeah, yeah, for sure and to no fault of the organizers like it was just you know the name of the game you know sometimes stuff like that happens right the weather doesn't cooperate but in this in this circumstance we would have wanted it to be a little colder right A little chill in the air certainly inspires people to think of the holiday. (laughs) Um, And where was this market? 
Um, it was local to me, so it was in St. Cloud. Nice. Less than a mile from my house. And obviously, as we're talking, this this was an outdoor market? No, it was indoor. Oh, it was indoor. Okay. It was indoor. Yep. It was at a convention center. Okay. Cool. Um, so, and it was two days. Um, how much was the vendor fee for this one? Yeah. So this one was $185. Okay. So a higher um, vendor fee, um, but totally worth it. Yeah. Like That's good. Honestly, the organizers were probably the most professional I have experienced in in my experience as a craft show vendor. Um, they marketed this event for a whole year. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, and he, just so well organized, so professional, like just has it down. Like this guy just knows what he's doing and he's so friendly, so easy to talk to. Um, he has employees and his employees are really great. And I don't mean like, oh, he brings his friends or or like his family members to help him, like like his kid or something. Like he legitimately pays people to do this with him. Yeah. Um, and he owns a marketing company. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he knows how to market, which is really nice. Um, it was only the second year that that the St. Cloud one, he has done the St. Cloud one, and I felt like Given how nice the weather was and there being a Vikings football game local. Mm-hmm. So it was a home game, which is never, never a good thing for an event going on outside right. of the Vikings game. Um, it was very well attended. I was pleasantly surprised in that sense. That's awesome. Um, not as well attended as I as anticipated or I would have liked, but still very well attended given the surrounding events happening right um you already kind of touched on the weather a bit and also <clears throat> since you were indoor it's not as big of a deal but right was there anything but else it, you wanted to mention about the weather not really it was just really nice so it made uh you know like bringing everything inside and stuff not so uh, bad yeah. <laughs> yeah always nice and it's not like freezing or like yeah the wind or rain all oh, that, stuff that was nice that part was really great yeah. Um, what about foot traffic? You said that it was pretty well attended given. Yeah. I feel like the first day, the first day was definitely busier than the second day. Um, the first day was pretty busy, but not again, not as not as heavy foot traffic as anticipated or I would have liked. Mm-hmm. Second day was actually really dead. It was so dead. Like yeah. Mo- for probably the second half of the day, like the first half, there was like an okay little rush that happened. It was pretty minimal, but still it was okay. The second half of the day basically was when the football game started. I, I honestly, I kind of expected like everyone would go to church in the morning and then right after church, they'd be like over here and it would get busy around noon. And that just wasn't the case. It was the opposite. It was a little bit busy in the morning and then noon hit and it was like dead. Like I was walking around talking to other vendors because I was bored. (laughs) Yeah. That's always fun. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So walk us through what your setup looked like. Sure. So I had a U shape. Um, where I had like one L and then I had a little bit of a gap in the corner for like my chair and I just made myself like a little table to check out. And then I had another, another table on the other side. And then, um, I have those freestanding tiered fruit basket things I use Mm -hmm. and I had those on the ends. Um, and then this market, I actually brought knitting machine beanies. So I made 
a big grid wall out of my cubes, my cube wire racks, mm-hmm. where it basically had two towers of shelves on the on on the sides, and then the whole back was like a flat wall. And then I took clothespins and I pinned up my beanies and my ear warmers to that. That's super cool. It was really neat. I honestly was very proud of it. And then I just put plushies like on the little shelves to kind of like fill it in. And then yeah. the other side, I did my normal like cube wall where it's just separate cube shelves. And then I put the plushies in them. And then I had another one of those cube walls on my third table with my keychain display. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, was it a 10 by 10 space? Yeah. 10 by 10 space, your typical space. I actually had a corner, which I have never had a corner before. So that was new. That was quite the experience. And I really wanted to do a Z shape this time. I could not make it work. I just, I think I needed a four foot table. Um, Oh yeah. And it just yeah, it just For the wasn't smaller working. part of the Z. Right. I had three six foot tables and I tried and I tried and I tried and I just couldn't make it work. So yeah. I did just a traditional U shape, which was fine. It worked it worked great. Um the only bummer part I would say for me is that I didn't really get to take advantage of being having two sides open mm-hmm. um and having that corner. Like my displays were were hidden or my stuff was hidden on one side because of the display. So I would like to try if I ever get the opportunity a corner again, but I think I might invest in a four foot table, even if I don't use it every show, um, just to have the option of doing a Z shape. Right. Depending on where my booth ends up landing. Right. That makes sense. I'm just curious because, yeah. Um, I did one of the, indoor markets I did this season that sounds kind of similar um it was a 10 by 10 space and they didn't really specify that you could bring a tent but some people did were yeah. there was there anybody that set up a tent oh indoors? quite a few actually yeah. yeah yeah um I did not but yeah quite a few people did set up tents I feel really weird about that I don't know I'm I'm like on the fence with it like I see to a degree the benefit of it but on the other end of it I feel like it almost hides you in a way I think it depends on what your setup is because yeah like for me I've done now two events for my hot cocoa bombs that were indoors where I one one I did not bring my tent and then the other I did yeah Um, the one where I didn't I did invest in that um like photo backdrop thing so I could still put a sign up oh yeah which Mm -hmm. I think was helpful in drawing people over but the mistletoe market was the other one where it was technically indoors in that like you know tarped off pavilion yeah um and I brought and I've always brought my tent to that event and the main reason I do is because for my signage and stuff like the the tent is the framework that I attach everything to without yeah that it, makes sense i don't have a way to like put signage up or lights or anything like that so if you're a person who relies on the tent as like the way that you you know attach things or have mm-hmm. things set up i think it can make sense but you have to factor in the like if it's you know say you're in a gymnasium and you've got all this overhead lighting you just have to make sure that you really provide your own lighting because obviously your canopy is covering the lighting that's in the room for sure yeah um, yeah 
I did see somebody that I thought this was really interesting. They didn't put the canopy on. They just popped open the frame and then they had stuff attached to the frame. I was like, that's an idea. Oh, I don't think I've seen anyone do that, but that isn't a bad idea. Yeah, it was it was really interesting. I was like, I've never seen anyone do that. But anyway, that was just a random that was just a bonus. Little bonus thought. <laughs> Love that. No. I don't think I just I haven't really like set a opinion on whether I find a benefit to it or not. But like you make a good point for sure. Yeah. It just yeah, I think it just depends on what you have, what you, you know, what you need for your setup. Um See, I don't rely on my tent for signage at all. Like I will hang my vinyl sign up on it if I'm doing an outdoor event, but in an indoor one I just hang it on the table. Right. Um what were your overall results you don't have to share specific numbers but just overall how did it go for you um it went really well like like it was my best market today and actually I'm okay with sharing numbers so um this time so I'm ended up making seventeen hundred dollars a little over I think it was like 1753 nice yeah and that was a two-day event um I want to say I did the first a thousand on the first no I did 1100 the first day and I did 600 the second day. Nice. So um, that mean what does that mean? I profited like $1,500. Yeah. And then I think when I when all was said and done, I want to say I, I when you take out the things I purchased for this event, um, I think I ended up profiting between thirteen and $1,400. So it was a really, really good event. Yeah. Like I it was my first time making a thousand or more. Um, I've gotten really close. My closest was 998, and then I finally hit it. So I was pretty yeah. stoked about that. Love um, having a actually, market. Yes. And there were two other crocheters there who were selling plushies that were were in blanket yarn or chenille yarns. So I did have competition, which didn't bother me. It, it hasn't. Um, ever since my one where I had the five crocheters there. Yeah. Yeah. I, that day I was so like got in my head, but after the end of the day, and that was the event that I did nine ninety eight at. Yeah. So, um, I'm like, this is fine. I I don't have to stress about another crocheter. So, Everything else is like a walk in the park compared to that. Yeah, and <laughs> and I only sold, I think, I want to say I sold like forty percent of what I brought. So yeah. like my potential, I like I had a really like a lot I could have I could have um still sold had the second day been busier. And right. I really do believe that I probably would have sold in the seventy percent range had the second day been as busy as the first day. Right. Well, who knows? Maybe uh maybe this next year. I'm hoping I'm going back for sure. I haven't I haven't signed up for it yet. I can sign up for it, but I just haven't yet because I'm like, eh, hey, whatever. Like, I'll get there when I get there. Um, but yeah, no, it was great. I'm I, even with how it didn't turn out as anticipated. It still was a really great show. Yeah, that's great. Um, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but talk a little bit about the different types of stuff that you brought with you. Yeah, so like I said, I did um, I did the knitting machine beanies, and I did the knitting machine ear warmers, and then I did plushies. I did and key, like keychains, but that falls under the plushies 
I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't bring anything else past that. It I stuck to the two. And with the knitting machine beanies, I was very, like, I stuck to an aesthetic. So I picked, like, five colors. I did those colors, and I stuck to that. Um, and, you know, I thought the adult beanies would be more popular, but my baby ones mm-hmm. were, like, flying off the shelves. So yeah. I did newborn baby slash infant toddler youth and adult sizes nice. um because i have two knitting machines so i can make a, a variety of sizes and the baby and the toddler ones were like everybody kept coming by and they're like these are so cute i love them so much and bought the baby ones like crazy um i did I, a lot of people were really confused about the ear warmers which threw me off so much you're in minnesota you don't know what an ear warmer is they kept saying yeah. oh are these like a infinity scarf what and i was like no <laughs> like, it was really confusing and i i was um really surprised that people didn't realize what they were but the yeah, people who surprising. did know what, what what they were did buy them so if you end up bringing them to an event in the winter time um i would recommend getting one of those foam heads and putting an ear warmer on yeah. the head yeah yeah because there is a chance that you're missing out on sales simply because people don't understand that they're ear warmers um That's so you know funny. that threw me off big time so yeah it's just kind of funny um the other thing i make all of my pom-poms removable so that they can wash the beanies um the people who did not realize that they were removable were more likely to set them down and not buy them. The people who I was like, oh, also, you can remove the beanie and wash it. They were, like, really quick to buy. So just a little tidbit of things I noticed there. Interesting. Yeah. Um, And with the plushies, did you do a certain amount of, like, larger, smaller? Um, I don't know what my exact percentage was, but the rule I always follow is an 80-20 rule. So 80% of what I bring is $25 or less, and 20% of what I bring is above $25. So if I wasn't exactly on the nose with that, I was pretty close. Nice. I brought somewhere between $3,800 and $4,000 worth of product. I don't remember the exact number, but it was between those two numbers. So I had a lot with me. Yeah, for sure. Um, did you have a bestseller from that day? Um, honestly, I sold out of all my unicorns. I didn't bring a lot of unicorns. I think I had like four or five of them, but people really liked the unicorns that day. Sold all my unicorns. Tofus did really well as usual. Um, chickens did really well. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I sold. Dinosaurs did really well. Um, what else? Man, it's been a hot second. <laughs> there was a lot. A lot of my little pocket stuff did did pretty well. Um, but I would probably say unicorns and tofus were my number. Number one. Number. I didn't sell all my tofus, but I sold over half of them. And I brought a lot of them. I had 49. Yeah. Um, was there an item that didn't sell well that you thought would? Um, honestly, my... Christmas themed stuff didn't sell as well. Like anything that I themed out Christmas wise. And ducks. People loved my ducks at my other events. This one, they just, they were like, oh, those are cute. But I really didn't sell ducks like I thought I would. Yeah. Isn't that so weird? It is really weird. How something can be like flying off the shelf one market and then, so you make a bunch of it and then the next market, it's like like, (laughs) not even seen. Honestly, 
the unicorn thing is what threw me off too because every other market unicorns I could not sell I couldn't sell a single unicorn ever this one they couldn't get enough unicorns it was a unicorn market it was a unicorn market (laughs) (laughs) that's funny yeah it was so weird you just never know like seriously people if there's one thing you know for sure about markets it's that you can't ever be sure about what you're gonna sell like yeah make an educated guess but but (laughs) I mean like my next market I'm being really strategic and it may blow up in my face and it may really pay off we don't know so right we're always experimenting and trying trying different that true that um overall was there anything at this market where you're like ooh, that went over really well and I'm gonna do that again um I feel like I feel like how I displayed things like the beanie display was really well, like well thought out. And a lot of people complimented me on the display. And if I could create something similar for plushies, um, it would go really well. And actually, I can't even take credit for that display. Um, It was totally Melissa from Emmy Sue Designs that did it. But instead of beanies, she clipped keychains to it. So I didn't need to clip keychains to it. But I saw hers and I was like, that is it. I need to do that. So shout out to Emmy Sue Designs because that was totally her idea. And um, it paid off for me. So I definitely think I will utilize that type of display again. Yeah. Because um, it, it went really well. And then just keeping everything black. Like I've been really focusing on keeping my entire um, display pieces black. And it really makes my plushies pop because, you know, my brand is a lot of pastels and brights and neons and things. So um, that's been really, I feel like, really helpful with stuff, too. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, What would you do differently at your next market? Ooh, what would I do differently? Um... I think, like like I mentioned before, that four-foot table thing, I think I would have an extra table with me every time um, in the event that I end up in that situation of like, oh, this this would have really benefited me to have a Z shape. I really think a Z shape would have been a better option with my with the location of where my setup was. But because I didn't have that smaller table, I didn't have that option. So just yeah. having the ability to last minute change your setup if you need to. Right. And make more baby hats, right? <laughs> and make and make more baby hats than adult hats in multiples of the same color because that was my other problem. Yeah. I mean, I can totally see why that was a thing though cuz like people will spend buku banana bucks on babies. They really will. Yeah. They really will. Which is just isn't it wild because like they wear it for a whole like 3 days and then they grow out of it. Right. Like it's a better financial investment to buy clothes for for you as an adult. Yeah. But go off. Spend $300 on baby clothes that they'll wear Literally. And now that they were expensive, like, I charged $15 for the baby babies. But but in my brain, I'm going, I'm going to charge, I'm going to pay $15 for a baby hat that that my kid's going to wear for, like, a whole three seconds, and then they're going to breathe and gain, like, 20 pounds. Okay. Or rip it off their head because they don't like it. For real. For real. (laughs) Uh, get it long get it on long enough for a picture and then it's done yes exactly (laughs) um you basically already answered this event or this uh question of would you do this event again 
and it sounds like you are going to do yeah, this event. Yeah, yep. I already plan to do it again. I'm really impressed with this um, organizer, and he does them all over Minnesota. So actually, my spring market that I'm doing in March, the Easter one, is the same organizer. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I don't get into a few other events I have planned, I'll probably end up just doing his all year round and not doing any other ones, but just yeah. kind of following him to where he goes. Why not, you know? If yeah. It's working no. for you. They're well attended, well organized, well advertised, well worth it. Yeah. And the nice thing about doing repeat events with the same, either at the same location or with the same organization is that customers really do start to know you and look for you. Yeah. You know? Doing the mistletoe market for the third year this year was really cool. I was I was honestly really surprised at how many people said oh my gosh we like we saw that you were going to be here and we had to come see you or like we're so glad you're here again uh we bought stuff from you last year like that is such a good feeling as a vendor when somebody specifically tells you they remembered Mm. you from last time and they came back like specifically to see you that's the coolest yes that would be that would be pretty dope to have happen i did have somebody from tiktok show up to see me Ooh. Um, and her name was Olivia, and that was pretty cool. That's really like, fancy. Yeah, she was very sweet, very nice. I like my booth was really busy, so I felt really bad because um, I couldn't like really have a a good genuine conversation with her because I was just like kind of bouncing back and forth. But yeah. um, she was very nice, and it was really cool that she came. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, and then you is the Easter one your next market then? Yes. Yep. So that was my next one. That one, um, there's over 160 vendors. Nice. Yeah, it's huge. Um, Very well attended from what he told me about them. He said he does two Egan shows a year, which is where this one is, is in Egan, Minnesota. He does a Christmas one and an an Easter one, and they are his best events each year he is what he told me when i talked to him so the christmas one is really hard to get into um so i'm gonna try to get into it next year we will see nice if i can get into it that would be awesome (laughs) yes it would be it's uh, it would be difficult because i have to be doing the november one in the beginning of november and then one in the beginning of december yeah so um, I'd have to really make a lot of product. Make all the things. Make all the things. <laughs> um, well, unless you have any other thoughts to share about that market in particular, that about wraps up this <clears throat> recap. Yeah, not really. I mean, I, I think my biggest thing is, you know, if you, like we kind of mentioned, if you find a vendor that you really like and they do multiple shows a year and it works well, you know, don't be afraid to travel and follow them because you can build you know, a rapport with the organizer. And like Jess was saying, people may, you know, follow you to events and repeating events is not a bad thing by any means. Right. It's kind of the best way to go if you can manage it. (laughs) It really is. It really do be. It's just simpler, you know, to build a good relationship with someone than to be trying to get your foot in the door in all these different places. It's nice when you can find it that way. I feel like... I've um I found I've managed to find a couple places like that and one of them is it's funny it's like a city it's not even like an organization it's a city yeah. and um person who does a lot of their events and recreation uh 
just like really likes my stuff and the last two events I've done with them they didn't charge me anything to be there she was just okay like, that's awesome yeah though. she was like oh, we, we just, love that she was like we just really like your stuff you always have such cool stuff and you do a really great job and um you know, we'll just let you know when we have things going on. If you want to come and set up your stuff, I'm like, great, love that for me. <laughs> so, um, I got to do two events with the city this year that I didn't have to pay to be there. They just wanted me to be there because they like my stuff. I'm like, that's we love that. That's awesome. So if you can Absolute find a goals. sweet deal like that, do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So the next little segment we're gonna do is something that we've been sitting on for a while, and we just have not been able to work it into an episode until now. But something cool happened when Megs was here in Michigan in October. Yeah. There was a, a hot minute ago. <laughs> it was a hot minute ago. Um, I was doing a hot cocoa bomb event, and Megs was there with me. And well, I'll let you share because I don't. I don't know if we even shared. I think we were holding off because I briefly. I think we did at some yeah. point. So I think they do know about it, but I don't know if we actually ever got to a point where we, where we talked fully. So right in my true ADHD nature, I could not sit still, um, and I was all over the place a lot. <laughs> but it was fine. It was fine. Um, I happened to come across a crochet booth, and that booth. And I think I did mention this part, but that booth had some of my patterns in it. And that was really, really cool. Well, it was one so. of those. It was one of those. Wouldn't it be crazy? Yeah. Would, I was like, wouldn't it be crazy if we went to this event and there was a crocheter and they had my patterns? So and that's what happened. And I feel like we did share it, but I don't know if we shared it on live or if we shared it in the podcast. Yeah, I don't know so that like, we did because I think we were waiting until we did this. So I think yeah, you, should just, you should just say it. it's possible. OK. Anyways, I'm going to say it anyways because yeah. it's, it's dope. So one of my like like the coolest thing that could ever happen to me would be going to an event and someone has my patterns and I get to be like, you have my patterns. So that was basically what happened. I, this, and this is how it went. I saw these little girls holding bees and they were like Katie did's bees. And I obviously recognized the pattern, very popular pattern. So I beelined it to this kid's parents and I was like, I'm sorry, this is really weird. But like, <laughs> did you get those bees here? She assaulted and she's like, them. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, they're over there. So I was like, I'll be back, Jessica. And I, like, booked it over to this area. And it was literally the only area of the event that I didn't go into. So, duh, happens to be the area where they are. Of course. Um, There was a crochet booth. So I start walking up to it to go check it out. Because even if they don't have my patterns. Sorry. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry. Even if they don't have my patterns, um, I usually do recognize some and then I, you know, I'll have a brief conversation like, oh, really cool. You have, you know, all from Jade's patterns or Mom's Stachetti or something, you know. Right. And um, and I saw some prehistoric stackables and Tofu the Turtles. So I like walk up to her and I was like, I really like your Tofu the Turtles and your prehistoric stackables. Most people call them the dino stackables, but the actual real name of them is prehistoric stackables. So I intentionally called them the prehistoric stackables. And she like shot her head up and was about to do the whole like, oh, thank you so much. And then like, she was like, thank you. And then she stops and pauses and she looks at me and she goes, wait are you and I just start laughing and I was like shaking I was so nervous and I was I was like I was like yeah I am and she's like are you serious and I was like yeah and I'm like internally screaming I was like this is the most awesome moment of my life and uh 
it was really cool. So we got a really fun conversation um, with Faith and Amber, and um, Jess ended up meeting them mm-hmm. um, a few times. Yeah. So we ended up being neighbor vendors at a future event. Yeah, which is really cool. They have um, miniature horses yes. as part yep. of a rescue, and I got to meet the two most precious miniature horses when they were neighbor vendors of mine. Their names are Toast and Strudel. And they're so freaking cute. I love that. Um, They were adorable and it was everything. But then also it turned out that I have like mutual friends and I would not be surprised if we've like been in the same room before. Um, And not all, Yeah. Like all the little connections. Those those funny funny. little connections. Yes. Um, It was really cool. So I ended up like making some tofu, the turtles. Um, and I gave them them before we left and stuff. But the other thing I got to do, which was really cool, is I did like a quick mini interview with them. Yeah. Um, which is what we're going to show you the recording of. So I don't know if we want to, you know, do some fancy audio editing and pop that in right here. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I'm going to do. Some fancy auto audio editing. So, yeah, enjoy this little like impromptu mini interview that Megs did with Faith and Amber and uh it was a cool cool little opportunity we're trying to do more of this kind of impromptu yeah. like we're on the on location at this spot and yes. who knows if we stumble upon you at one of your markets somewhere in the future just be ready because you might be interviewed for the podcast <laughs> so we've talked a lot about Jessica's um craft show and my craft show and we happen to run into a few people who are also selling stuff at the craft show So I wanted to do a quick little clip to introduce these two and get a little bit of perspective from them, from their side of the the world. So I'm gonna go ahead and turn it over to them. Hi, I'm Amber from My Naughty Side. And I'm Faith from London Lafayette. So what type of stuff do you guys sell? Um, I make crochet plushies. So I do plushies and I also do flower shadow boxes. Very cool. And I know you guys can't see them, but I'm looking at them right in front of me, and they are absolutely awesome. Um, I actually saw you on a TikTok live when I was scrolling, and it stopped me in my tracks, and it was something that I thought was simple, easy, and would sell well in our in our area. And I found you, actually, from Amber, but also from the Ash and Tay Crochet group. Yeah. Um, and I saw the tofu pattern, and I had to buy it because it's adorable, and it's my favorite pattern, and I'm not just saying that because you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, but you can also just say it because I'm here. But, I mean, I'm saying it anyways. <laughs> We're almost to the tail end of this market, so tell us how, how's the market gone so far today? Amazing. It's been beautiful weather, lots of great people, lots of awesome smiling faces on the kids as well. I second that. It's been awesome traffic and great weather and selling lots of stuff. They really are. Their booth is so empty right now and it's amazing. (laughs) So since this episode is about um, like market recapping and and a lot of people listen to these episodes to kind of get an idea of what they can do and what they should do for a market, What would be your number one advice for someone trying to do a market? Um, I like to focus on some of the bigger plushies that are kind of attention grabbers and stuff. I know Faith has a different perspective on that, though. Yeah, that's not bad. I really like making the little stuff, um, and that seems to sell really, really well. So I make a million tiny things. 
That's it's awesome. Hard. I make a combination, so yeah, it's kind of yeah. cool. And you guys do this whole thing. You work together, so yes. that like meshes really well. I feel like it does yeah. work well. It does. It does work together really, really well. We both bring both of our sides to the table, and it obviously goes over really well with the customers as well. I love that. Okay, one last question: Where can we find you social media wise? I know you gave us your handle, but where all can we find you? Yep. So I'm my naughty side on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Awesome. And how about you? And I'm London and Lafayette on Facebook and TikTok. I also have an Instagram, but it's not really that active. So That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, ladies, so, so much. Thank you. Crochet Bay's listeners, we have been telling you about the Great Granathon for a while, and I wanted to bring you some updated information about where the proceeds will be going and the deadline to have the squares sent in. First of all, we are happy to let you know that all proceeds raised from the sale of this community blanket will go toward Free International. Their mission is to end human trafficking in the U.S. Believe it or not, the U.S. is ranked in the top three of worst countries for human trafficking. They carry out their mission through finding, restoring, embracing, and empowering survivors of human trafficking. You can find out more about the amazing work they're doing at freeinternational.org. The most important thing you need to know is that all granny squares must be postmarked by March 26th, 2024 to be included in the blanket. That is your deadline. So if you've been thinking about it, but just haven't gotten around to it yet, this is your sign to get those granny squares made and sent in to Meg's PO box, which is in the show notes. As a reminder, we are looking for granny squares made in shades of pink and or cream with a finished measurement of six by six inches. Happy crocheting. All right, everybody, Uh, it's time for a newer but already beloved segment of the podcast. It's time for Meg's Useless Science Fact. Meg's Useless Science Facts. They're useless and they don't make sense, but she's going to say them anyway. Go. All right. (laughs) Today's Useless Science Fact is that um, 3.6 cans of Spam are consumed each second. Is that by one person or? <laughs> I don't. There's just know. one person eating just all the spam, and it, he's every, alone every making 3. up the statistics. Yeah. Cans. Three. One Ew. person eating three point six cans every second. That's disgusting. Instant death. Ew. 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 Um, are you a fan of spam? Let us know. If you are, why do you hate yourself? Okay. Don't come for me, Megs. Don't come for me. You like spam, don't you? Have you ever had fried spam? I've honestly, I've never eaten spam, period. Okay. So cold spam, disgusting, slimy, icky. No. Is, yeah. But once you fry it, it's no longer slimy. It gets to be like a crispy, salty, like ham. Okay. But I don't like ham. So. Well, maybe you wouldn't do, do you like pork? I mean, pork ham is basically the same thing, but. Anyway, we yeah. used to do this when when we would go to Houghton Lake. Um, my dad and I would make these for breakfast. We would get we would get a can of spam, okay, some bagels, some American cheese and eggs, and do like a bagel sandwich with fried spam and like an over easy egg and American cheese, and then in a toasty bagel, and that was a heckin' good breakfast. Yeah, that sounds actually kind of tasty. Yeah, I would do that with like beef bologna. Yeah, you could do that. But, but it's also a big thing in Asian culture, like some sliced spam? fried spam in like a. Oh, I um, didn't know that. Like either like a different rice bowls and stuff. 
Sure. Yeah. Sure. It's kind of a staple. I didn't know that. Yeah. Good to know. I don't even know if I can eat spam, like, allergy-wise. Oh, I'm sure you couldn't. It's got everything in it. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a little bit of everything. It's a little of everything. (laughs) Anyways, that has been your useless science fact. So take that into the world and, you know, solve life's problems. Yeah. Solve world world hunger with Meg's useless science fact. Yeah. (laughs) Another favorite segment that is a lot more meaningful uh, is some emails from our listeners. Oh, I love these. These are my favorite. Okay. So usually we like to read the emails where you guys are just like buttering us up and, you know, saying really nice things about us. But (laughs) this one makes me laugh (laughs) so hard. This one is it. So first of all, let me just say that I, well, I guess both of us had gotten behind on emails and there were a few that I missed and today one of the things that I did today was get caught up on all of my 17,000 email addresses and the crochet baits is one of them and I found this comment uh from episode 35 and it cracked me up so much you guys I don't if you guys don't remember this moment from episode 35 and she says in the email it's around the 16 minute mark it this cracked me up but you can go and listen to this if you need to be reminded <laughs> Uh, basically in that episode, I, I called out and I just listed off some random stuff. I was like, Hey, you in the pink sweater, drinking coffee and, and crocheting. Um, and then we got this email from, uh, from Allie, from Allison Marie makes, um, she said, I was listening to your most recent podcast episode and I got to the 16 minute mark. I was working on an abandoned whip as I sipped my chai latte. I pulled on this pink sweater I'm working on as soon as you got to the 16 minute mark. I feel called out and quite frankly, a little scared of how close this was to me and my little moment here. And then her two kitties who are so precious. She said sticks and mitts send their regards as I send my love. Your audience member, Allie. That was a beautiful thing. I'm just so funny. So glad that whatever I said actually applied to someone and that Allison took the time to send us an email because that absolutely made my day. I think it's even better that like Allie is somebody that we are familiar with and kind of know. Like we could consider, like we're very friendly with her. She's been to my house. (laughs) She has been to your house. That's right. You met her in person. I forgot about that. uh, my, My open house for hot cocoa bombs. So yeah, she's sweet. She's a, she's a traitor like Holland. But, you know. Oh, because she knits. Yeah. <laughs> and crochets. Yeah. But she's great. <laughs> what's the what's the term? Bistitual? <laughs> Bistitual. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and then finally, the beloved segment, the well-established, the, the grand poobah. <laughs> the grand what now? <laughs> That's a thing. A what? Grand poobah. What in the world is have a you not poopa? Heard, have you not no. heard this term before? What? I got to look it up because I don't want to say the wrong thing. You are making things I am up not, right now. I'm actually really surprised you've never heard that term before. I, I literally have not. I don't know if I'm going to spell it right. I hope you're mispronouncing it because that would make it even better. I'm not. Anyway, shut up and take my money. That's, that's what we're trying to get to, <laughs> you guys. Okay. Shut up and... Spend your money so we can take it, even though we don't actually take your money at all. Someone else does. 
We just give them free advertisement. Pretty That's much. really what this is. We're just free advertising for people. Yeah. So you're welcome. We'd love to say, shut up and take my money, sponsored by yeah. insert your we, brand or company here. We would love it, Joanne, Apple, Michaels, Starbucks, Dunkin' Panera Donuts. Bread. Panera Bread. Panera? Shut up and take my money, sponsored by Panera? Sponsored by Lemon wanna- Coffees. Anyway, we, we we really went off a deep end there. Hey, shut we up really and take did. my money. Oh, by the way, I looked it up. Grand Poobah is a satirical term derived from the name of the haughty character Poobah in Gilbert and Sullivan's The Mikado. In this comic opera, uh, Poobah holds numerous exalted offices, including First Lord of the Treasury, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it's a, it is a mocking title for someone self-important or locally high-ranking. So... I shut up and take my money is the highest ranking segment in our podcast. That's what I was trying to say. Is it? What is your guys's favorite part of this podcast? And why is it my useless facts? (laughs) I don't think they've been a lot around long enough though. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't care. Shut up and take my money. I don't care from day one. Okay. It's been put in the work. I don't care. It's been informing the people. Don't care. You know what? You are the grand pooba, the inflated (laughs) self-importance. You take that back. <laughs> you don't say that. <laughs> okay, so today's shut up and take my money because we really do need to shut up. Um, <laughs> is just something that I found on Amazon that I thought was funny for you guys. It's a little, we did. it's a little we'll zipper bag, kind of like a makeup bag, but obviously you can put your crochet hooks in it, or your stitch markers, or your measuring tape, or your embroidery scissors, whatever you know, all the little small stuff. And let's see, I think I have it pulled up. It's um, <laughs> it's got a nice little ball of yarn on the front, and it says, "I crochet so I don't choke people. Save a life. Send yarn." <laughs> so I mean, you know, we started off the podcast joking about murder. We're ending the podcast joking wow, about murder. Wow, Jessica, really you're just... both a murderer, and then you joke about it? It's really just, like, bookending this theme really, really nicely. I, I'm actually Hashtag really proud of us. cancel for... the berg. <laughs> cancel the berg. I'm uncancelable. I'm so unproblematic. Except for you're a murderer. <laughs> That's one tiny little detail that we're not going to worry about. <laughs> Just brush right over that. It's fine. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, goodness. it's a cute little zipper pouch. It's it funny. Is. It's, it's cute, it's funny. You know, zipper pouches are useful for many things. For the sassy crocheter in your life who likes to joke about killing Violence. people. <laughs> <laughs> this was a weird one. It was a weird one, but you it know what? It was a real weird one. We did it and I stand by it. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, uh, friends, we should probably quit right now. Yeah, before so, it gets real weird. Yep. So that's going to wrap up today's episode. I hope that you guys enjoyed listening despite all of the questionable material that was included. <laughs> uh, we will see you next time. And until then, hope that you crochet, drink coffee. And be kind. Okay, bye. (laughs) Not us saying be kind after we just (laughs) joked about killing you. (laughs) Or nor. Or nor. Crochet, babe.
gonna crochet while we talk about crochet while we talk about crochet you can crochet too yeah